Hello? Hello, Dins? Tay-Tay? You've never called me that. Well, now it's a new nickname. You're not known as Tay-Tay. I do not approve. (laughs) Not approved over here. You don't get to decide on your nickname. Sometimes it just fits. Unapproved, (laughs) Tay-Tay. You know, that's someone else's name. Like, someone else uses that. Do you know that person? Yeah, the celebrity. Who uses that? (laughs) Celebrity. So, Taylor Lautner married... Um, Taylor, no, um, something Taylor, and they call her Tay Tay. I think you're making stuff up. And why no, would you, know, why would you even have that information in, in your memory? I know this fucking shit because I'm, I follow all, all stuff Taylor Swift. <laughs> I follow all stuff Taylor Swift. That's how I your, know. Your brain so is Taylor just Swift. full of nonsense so, Taylor so Swift Taylor, information. So you're, I, so, because I follow all stuff Taylor Swift, Taylor Lautner is one of Taylor Swift's ex-boyfriends from a while back. Her song um, for him was last um, last uh, back to December is the name of it. Not, not last December, back no to cares. December. No and cares. so I no looked cares. into Taylor Lautner and all this stuff, and Taylor Lautner married someone, <clears throat> Taylor 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 something. So they call her Tay Tay. And they have a podcast called The Squeeze, Taylor Lautner and his wife, Taylor, Taylor. Well, I wish that was uh, a minute of my life I could have back. Do you want to hang up and start over? Don't worry, I'll I'll just edit that part. (laughs) It's actually a pretty good podcast that they have. I've listened to some of it. They actually talk a ton about mental health. That's like their focus, like overall well-being so i'll put in a plug for there for taylor lautner's and his wife's podcast the squeeze check it out after you listen to ours i think i'm going to uh email them and have a uh a stop order on their mental health conversations (laughs) because they're stealing our thunder (laughs) yeah this should go over they they have like a couple more listeners than we do followers than we do Eh, probably two more (laughs) yeah we're killing it yeah, <coughs> not so much. Well, we're doing yeah. all right for beginners, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Um, just for our listeners' sake, uh, we do have a guest scheduled for uh, next week. Uh, very, very excited to have you know this person on and, and share their story, uh, their experience, uh, kind of what's going on in their lives now regarding, you know, recovery and mental health, uh, stability. Um, so hopefully, you know, people can tune in for this, hence tune in for that. Uh, mm. and if there's anyone out there who wants to share uh, a story of hope, um, you know, positive vibes, you know, I, I was also reflecting on this, like, there's a lot of people who have been affected by others, like addiction or overdose, death, whatever it might be. Um, and if you want to come on and kind of share that experience and, and give your hope, um, that would be awesome too. Like this is not just solely 
people in recovery or, you know, have dealing with mental health issues. It could be the other side of it, you know, family members, loved ones who are affected uh, because there's an abundance of people uh, like that out there. So please uh, listen to us on all major uh, platforms for podcasts, Spotify, uh, Apple Music uh, podcast, um, not Apple Music podcast, but Apple podcast and Amazon Music podcast. And you can always email us at the addict and the counselor at gmail.com with any questions, concerns, tidbits, anything that we should cover that you think is interesting. We are also fully our... Go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off. That's the thing uh, about the, the cutting off piece. I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead. You can stuff your sorries in a sack. You know what? I will. <laughs> I have a sack. How did you know I have a sack to my right? Full of sorries. <laughs> Finish your thing so I can say something. I already finished. That was the end. Okay. And for our Spotify followers, please, after you listen to our episode, feel free to comment in the comment section. Let us know what you thought about our episode. And we are also, you can also hear us on not just the major podcast um, platforms, but also the minor ones too. Yeah. All, all all podcast platforms we are accessible um so yeah i think what this is episode 23 oh look who's counting now huh look who's counting i who was i started off a count and now you're you're following suit like did it you, did you actually go back and count like, all the episodes of course i'm very obsessive compulsive with stuff oh Don't you know that? haven't noticed <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I think we're on 24. I haven't counted in like a week so or two weeks. I can't remember. All right. Um, so, yeah, um, I think, um, I don't know, for me, and this has been you know, talked about with other people is, I don't know, you know, if you're kind of up for it or what your thoughts on it, but um, there are some issues you know with people in early recovery kind of going into a holiday weekend like what's what's coming up for like labor day weekend hence kind of you know being you know three days off from work or some like organized structure uh, a lot of barbecues happen barbecues containing alcohol or even other drugs for some people like high stress high intensity usually not really you know the best form or format for people in early recovery there's people in early recovery or in recovery that do some great things in the this holiday. But um, no, as I've mentioned before, as a therapist kind of in, in the field of kind of addiction and recovery, really working uh, hard with my clients to identify these kind of these hot beds, especially in comparison to like their experience last Labor Day weekend. And then coming up with a strategy to kind of have a different experience, uh, let it be harm reduction uh, and or kind of the abstinence model for, you know, this weekend. So um, anything that you want to share or thoughts? No, I mean, I'm fine with I'm fine with that topic. I even though like even though. I, I know we've taught we've talked about it before on the, on as an episode because we've had other holidays before, but I mean, it's not going to hurt by touching on it for the, the upcoming 
holiday of Labor Day. You know, it's never like a, a bad idea to talk about it, right? So, sure. And uh, w- one of our former guests, uh, Chris, um, very active on Facebook, and uh, he always encourages kind of people um, who are really making an effort for like this holiday weekend to have you know a sober experience uh if that's something that someone is choosing to do so so uh shout out to chris for kind of publicizing the fact that again i think it is an intense period for some people uh and not knowing how to manage it uh, and folks out there you're not the only one there's tons of people who are struggling on how to kind of walk into this kind of holiday and hopefully you know this episode gives you a little bit of hope and clarity and maybe a plan to kind of do something um, so that you have a, a, a positive experience with, you know, Labor Day. And um, a part of my philosophy is that if you can experience this holiday in a positive way, um, then the next holiday, you know, let it be um, like Halloween um, or Thanksgiving or Christmas, like all those things, uh, you know, you have this experience, this positive experience, hopefully to lean on it, to guide you. Uh, to do the right thing and, you know, have a positive experience. Um, Do you want, like, what, do you know what your weekend looks like? My weekend looks like my family actually wanting me to be around them. And I'm going away to my aunt's new beach house in Rhode Island for, um, we'll, we'll leave in Saturday morning and coming back Monday afternoon. So, it's been a while since I saw my aunt and my family actually wants me around cause I'm healthy and I'm excited about it. Okay. And so like that, I think I've shared in the past, like there's no, my, my mom and dad aren't drinkers, drinkers at all. And my aunt doesn't drink. So, and other family members, like one of my brothers socially drinks, the other one doesn't really drink. It's like non-issue really. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, with like your family. So your brothers will be there too? I'm not 100% sure, actually. Mm. So I don't know. Okay. I know they're, invi- I know they're invited. So. Uh, uh, I see. I see. Okay. So, I mean, you're pretty confident going into this weekend. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be with family in Rhode Island and I'm, I don't really, yeah, I don't have anything um, to be nervous about. Okay. I'm actually, I'll pr- probably be less nervous because I'll, I'll be with family mm-hmm. so, or less, you know, concerned about relapse or the, the thought of it. Mm-hmm. It won't, it won't be there as much as even if I'm like, you know, I'm probably more at risk sitting here than I will be in Rhode Island with my mom and dad, you know, and my aunt. So. so would you say like isolating for you is like a, a serious concern? Like again, like, and also like knowing like your family would be doing something like fun and exciting and different and you'd kind of be alone in your apartment. No, like I wouldn't be because I was actually invited to two other Labor Day, like sober Labor Day barbecues through people from recovery. So mm-hmm. I'd be at one of those. Like I would have, I would have probably gone to, my plan was to go to my friend Robbie's Labor Day party that he always has. And he's in recovery about eight years or so. Shout out Robbie. That's a good environment. So I always, 
you know, that's a good point. Like I usually always have like some type of recovery game plan going in. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So. Um, I, I guess piggybacking off of that, you know, for fo- for, for people who are listening um, and again, who might not have a strategy, any advice that you would give to a listener who is newly sober, wanting to achieve some level of sobriety, you know, what, what should they do kind of going into, um, again, this long weekend, you know, again, for people, sometimes like work is a good escape or some structure kind of is thrown off a little bit with an extra day off. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I would say, what I would say is form time, some type of, um, like healthy structure. So, see about who's around that's healthy that you can hang around see what uh, what other sober clean people are doing for this long weekend and i'd attach myself to their hip basically Mm. um especially in early recovery just stay close to support get to a meeting if you can or or make it priority maybe like i would make that priority that's what i would do Hmm. Would, would you say like go to a, a meeting before let's say like a barbecue or after a barbecue like what do you think would help before and after would probably be best there's no limit it's, to the amount of meetings meeting so if possible i'd go before and after mm-hmm. if it's not possible because it's a later event then then go when you have opportunity i'd say right mm-hmm. yeah um what would you say to someone um, who hasn't kind of built that sober network yet and, and who might be kind of bashful uh, in terms of like inviting themselves uh, to like a, an actual like a, a sober event? So if someone had to like go to a family member's house, knowing that there's going to be an abundance of, of abundance of alcohol or maybe also like other stuff, um, any yep. advice that you would give that person? Yeah, sure. Um, again, keep it structured somehow. Like have have some have a plan, have a schedule for for your days, and you know I'd, I'd recommend to write it out. And for me, like I'm not everyone is like this, but if I was in that predicament that you're describing, like I would be living in a meeting. Basically, I would go to the the eight a.m. I would go to the 10 a.m., the noon time, the 2 p.m., the 4 p.m., and then the 7. So, like, I'd basically be living in a meeting for the day is what I would probably do if I was in that predicament that you just described. Or that's what I should be doing. And, and what's the aim of doing that? So I'm around people that are in recovery who – are in similar spot that I'm in and who may have even gotten like, there's a lot of people that would be in the meeting that they're just attending one meeting that day, not like three or four, like, like me, but there's people that would be in the meeting that have long-term recovery that are at the meeting too. And hearing them share and might be, you know, hopeful that they've gotten through it a few times over. And and just to ask that question is like, you know, with your experience of meetings, like in, again, in and around, like going into holidays, is there emphasis like in those meetings about like the impending holiday? Yeah. They don't shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> I'm not like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not like a fan of it. Honestly, honestly, like I'm not like stop talking about it, you know, like I, I get it. So like, 
I'm not a huge fan of like repeating like the whole like for instance, you know, it's Labor Day and you know this is going on and but I I understand too like the other side of it like people need to share it you know I just you know it's you know I just get aggravated easily I guess <laughs> no but yeah I mean it's honestly it's it's probably it's a healthy thing to share if people feel like they need to share it so I mean. But, so yeah, to answer your question, there is emphasis on it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think you know, bringing some attention to it. And, I mean, it, you know, in my experience, like with you know being a young person, like twenties, and you know, even into thirties, with you know certain environments, um, especially like barbecues or being invited to people's house, there is that usually that that freedom, that flexibility, <laughs> that encouragement that you know alcohol is going to be present. And so, like, one of the things that, you know, other people have shared is just, like, I don't even want to drink, but it's going to be there. And how am I going to manage, you know, that? And so if I don't have a, a healthy strategy, I can kind of fall into that routine because um, everyone else doing it. It's, it's freedom. Yeah. It's encouraged. I think you yeah. brought you brought this up before in past conversations about about holidays is. If you don't show up to the to the the celebration, it's really not as big of a deal as you might think it is in your in your mind, you know. So, if you if you're you know a little, if you're teetering in your recovery, or if the person's, you know, if they feel like they're at even a little risk or early recovery risk, then just don't go to don't go to it this year and stay clean, and hopefully you'll be in a better you know, you might be in a better recovery place next year when Labor Day rolls around. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, I, I was you know, toying around with the idea and, you know, I've had other clients, you know, with different kind of cultural identities. And so there is that immense pressure when there's a family event or a family hmm. gathering, you must show up as a sign of like respect. Um, and so if yeah. they're struggling with substance use and knowing that there's going to be stuff around, how do you, yeah. you know, navigate that no. piece too? Right. No, it's good then. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get, I, I understand that. And I, I've heard that before, like the pressure of family to show up at events and like, like I think about like, I think it's up to, I don't want to feel like, I don't want to be, say it in like a judgmental way, but it might, it might come off like this, but like that, but I'm, I don't mean it to, but I'm thinking it depends on how they see their addiction. <clears throat> so like if the person, if the person sees their addiction as an actual life or death illness, which that's how I perceive my illness, the addiction as life or death. So if the person actually sees it that way, then no matter how much pressure you might be getting from family, okay, it's life or death. Okay, I'm going to choose life, and that means to me not going this year. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, does that make sense? There? Yeah, and, and like even to like like further explain it, right? And I, and I, I think what I'm visualizing again for people who are kind of like on the fence, you know, what what do I want? Do I do this kind of thing? You know, again, is this long weekend a potential like trigger for me to? Um, even go, go back to my typical use, which is problem use, 
Um, or if I'm abstinent and it, you know, could this set me back? I think, you know, you and I have had this conversation definitely over the years, you know, for people in early recovery, you, you do have things at your disposal. And I think we're trying to cover like all those like spectrum oriented options for you so that it's not just like one option or two options. Like you go or you don't go. There's all these other ways kind of out of it. And I, I think, you know, if we could kind of explore that with them, I think is great. I think mm-hmm. you and I, you know, in in the treatment world, uh, you yeah. know, we've encouraged yeah. people to lie, right? Like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't drink because I'm on an antibiotic. And the doctor said, like, I'll just, you know, be more sick. People have, yeah. like, people have told me that they used that intervention that I gave them. Uh, mm. So sometimes family members, friends will respect that. And they're like, oh, cool. Yeah, medication. Okay, ooh, like, you know, you're in some, you know, medical issue. I respect that. I'm going to leave you alone. Mm-hmm. Um, the other strategy that I've encouraged people to kind of employ, I think I'm also focusing on like that family pressure. Like we're going to go as a family, blah, 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 whatever the case is. Um, definitely a lot more opportunities nowadays versus like when you and I were, uh, in our twenties, but I tell people like, if you're going to a family event and let's say it starts at 12 o'clock and usually it goes like all night long, really think about, um, when you want to show up, right? So do you have to show up at 12 and leave at 9 PM or 10 PM or all that kind of stuff? Can you show up later knowing that, um, you know, people might be already like done their drinking or like using behavior or do you go super early and like limit, you know, uh, your length of stay, uh, like one hour, just so you show some face, um, and then you kind of skedaddle out of there. Um, and you know, without anyone kind of being the wiser, um, yeah. Uh, Also, also having, you could have an escape plan if, you know, that you do feel a little squirrely, you know, make sure your car's close by maybe, um, maybe you bring a, Maybe you bring a friend who's a good support. Maybe if you if that's an option for you, you can do that. Um, yeah, there's so many different. You're right. There's so many different things. I, for me, I, I try to keep. You know, I I tend to these days. I'm a little more black and white, like with my recovery than like I've been probably. And I just need to be that way. But yeah, when you're talking about, you know, the diversity of people and and options and different situations. Yeah, people have a lot of, there's a lot of different options and a lot of different techniques that you can use to to get out of there, you know, yeah. or to stay clean, I guess, I should say. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I, I've even had a conversation with clients, you know, who are in LGBTQ community and, you know, they go to like family events and, you know, there's that kind of random uncle or aunt who is, you know, anti and, you know, they'll make certain comments and I've processed it with them, you know, in therapy mm-hmm. about, you know, how important is this person in your life? Is there a way of like avoiding them somehow, some way? Uh, how mm-hmm. do you defend yourself? Like, it's kind of like that similar conversation about like one's own comfort in the light of like comforting other people. And as you mentioned, I think very powerfully when we talk about substance use and mental health, right, is that if you look at it as a life or death matter and you choose life, what are you willing to do to ensure one more hour or one more day that you get to live your life? Yeah. I think it is really a, a powerful, powerful notion. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I mean, therapeutically, I try to really explore as many options as possible so that, you know, an individual going into, again, a barbecue or a holiday event has enough yeah. kind of tools necessary. Oh, I was going to reference, like, if someone doesn't have a car and, like, you know, you're driving yeah. with other family members or friends or whatever and, you know, uh, Uber it, right? Mm. Yes. You know, fork over the, the 30, 40, 50, or even $100 to get the hell out of there and, you know, live for another day. Um, yeah. I remember, um, you know, where I worked previously in, in, in a, on a college campus, one of the things that we would try to do to like college age students, um, because we were fairly close to New York and we knew that some of the students uh, uh, would drive to New York city because they're open, you know, 24 hours a day to party and whatnot. We have the conversation about like, we're not discouraging you from like doing the partying thing, but like thinking about like drink, drinking and driving or like using and driving. Like if you get caught with a DUI, you're probably incurring a year's worth of legal hassles up to probably $5,000 with like lawyer fees and court fees and things like that from New York city to like, Newark, New Jersey, it probably costs like on the peak period, probably $150. Mm-hmm. So we try to, like, would you rather spend the $150, which is for a college person a lot of money, or do you want to spend over a year's worth of $5,000? Like, mm-hmm. make it the smart mm-hmm. that way. Yeah, I mean, you're right. That's, that's really good prevention. I just, so many times that, the addict or the alcoholic isn't in that mind frame. They're in the mind frame of, no, I'm not going to get pulled over. You know, it's like that, that little denial still. Yeah. Well, I'm more talking about, it's like a relapse prevention where again, if you feel stuck in the situation, no use, you know, Uber or, you know, Lyft or whatever um, to get yourself out of that situation where you don't have to sit, you know, feel like, you have to sit there and take it hour after hour. No, um, I get you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so, yeah, trying to really kind of provide as much like opportunity for people out there who, you know, who listen to the show and who have friends who are struggling or whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. Not every modality works for people. And I think you and I do a really good job of like offering up like different options for people. I mean, you and mm-hmm. I, we, talk about harm reduction we talk about sobriety we talk about recovery they all mean different things um some of it linked some of it not linked um and we really kind of respect people's autonomy um and want to bring just some yeah. to you know um this potential weekend and how kind of you know intense it might be for people i know for us here in like jersey like the weather's supposed to be like awesome it might be like the last stretch of like warm, like weather, um, uh, before like September, like really settles in. So again, mm-hmm. what does that do for people in, you know, makes me want to throw up. States? You want to throw up when I think about that weather. <laughs> That's what it does for me. That's what it does for people. <laughs> when I think about that, that cold air. <laughs> No, no, no more having layers and layers on, and you know, then it's then you have freezing rain. 
Then you have snow. And you're shoveling shit. This fucking this winter's gonna suck, man. Why do you gotta bring that shit up? <laughs> well, a- another conversation topic to uh, to 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 deal with, you know, in, in yeah, the seasonal affective, seasonal affective disorder. <laughs> yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a very very real thing, you know. So, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, is there, is there more that you can say, want to say, need to say? What do you think? No, I mean, I could I could do a brief check in if you want. We've got a few things going on, but as far as like the holiday topic, um, I think we've we've covered just about you know everything that we could probably think of. Yeah. You know, um, well, um, you know, trust yourself, trust the process, trust supportive people. Um, again, Adam can do it. If other people can do it, you know, you can too. And, you know, don't give up on yourself and, you know, uh, hopefully this conversation is just a a beacon of hope that it it is possible and you're definitely worth it. Uh, giving yourself a chance for, um, you know, the long holiday weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so you want to share with the audience kind of you know where you at and what's yeah, I will share a little. Thank you, Bobros. Well, um, yeah, this is my first week being a more of a productive member of society by getting back to work. I haven't had a full time benefited position since. February 2022 mm. was the last time I was employed with a full-time benefited job. And this was my first week back. Um, and I had a lot of first, first day, like for, for like, you know, a junkie like me mm. that hasn't worked in a while when I get a lot, there's a lot of stuff that comes up when I go back, when I went back to work on Monday Mm. and you have the difficult conversations with with coworkers, right? Mm. I'm asking, how was your summer? And I'm not, I'm not blurting out. I was in rehab all summer, right? So I'm holding that back. Some of the, some of the staff at this, some of the staff know me from, I was um, I was working there, like in an unbenefited position, like part time last year for a little while. So like some of the staff know me mm. a little bit, and they they're like really happy that I'm you know I'm in this full time benefited position. A lot of them are just about you know everyone that I came into contact with. They were like they seemed genuinely like happy that I was hired. Right. Which was like a good feeling. Awesome. But like I said, you know, difficult conversations. How's this going? How's how's your you know, how's different things going on in my life? And a lot of like this stuff that, you know, I'm telling little white lies about, you know, which feels uncomfortable for me because like honesty is such a big piece Mm -hmm. in recovery for me. So I had to you know, work through the small talk and like do my best to 
deflect and ask them a million questions about them, them, you know, that's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of my thing. Cause really it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of a sickness in this world, how much people want to talk about themselves, you know? So uh, if, you, if you ask them, you know, if you have to ask them a million questions, they, you know, usually won't shut up, you know? So, you know, that was my tactic and I did the best I could with that. And plus you have the, you know, the old imposter s- syndrome, right? So like, you know, I'm in, I'm in this, this, you know, this new job and don't feel like I belong there. Cause I was just on the streets shooting Coke, smoking crack, using fatty, you know what I mean? Like homeless. So, you know, all the shit, you know, just, you know, I, the feeling of like, not, you know, do I really belong, you know, in, you know, in society that came up, but I know that's bullshit and that's a lie. You know, it's, it's not reality. I do belong in it. Yeah. I do belong in society and I do belong working and I belong with everyone that's in that, you know, that, that building yeah, that's working. Thought. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And also like where I haven't, <laughs> I haven't worked in a while. Uh, it's, adapting to waking like an alarm like I haven't used an alarm for a while I haven't realized that you know yeah um so yes setting an alarm and getting up at you know certain time to try to you know to get to work on time um these are things that I haven't thought about in a long time feels like Mm -hmm. and let me think what else can, can, I, mean, I, mentioned, I mentioned a lot in there, right? I mean, no, uh, there's a lot going on with that. Can you talk a little bit deeper about kind of like navigating those conversations? Because I know it's, it is a struggle for people in early recovery, mm-hmm. where, again, it's so built on like, tell the truth, tell the truth. And I think some people overdo it and some people underdo it. So, so like, place- yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. In these places where, again, most likely the people, your colleagues and coworkers, you know, probably won't greet you with open arms if you said something like, yo, yeah, I was in rehab, you know, mm-hmm. um, three weeks ago, right? Not an appropriate place to kind of open up a dialogue. Um, and so, like, like, how much of a struggle is it for you to, like, balance that line of like these aren't like my people who would accept this conversation and i have to kind of go along with it um until i'm secured myself and stable and whatnot and maybe even build close relationship with with co-workers to possibly open up to them about you know this intimate part of yourself right so what i ended up doing was and I think it worked out just about with every convert, like small talk conversation that I had with people was that I, as soon as I saw opening to move in another direction in the conversation, I did not as uncomfortable as it was. So like, you know, one example was um, person asked me, you know, how are your kids? You know, what did you do this summer? And like, I just, I just said, yeah, the, we did a ton of the beach. They kids love the beach. 
what did you do? And then I just moved to that like really quickly, you know, that was an example. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it seemed to work out like just me getting out of, you know, just saying like quick, like having quick responses ready, I guess. Mm. So were you preparing preparing, like the night before I was preparing with someone a little bit on responses. And that was one of them that I came up with that like, there's some people that know, like I have kids and they're going to ask about, about, you know, how it was this summer with them and, you mm-hmm. know, how do I get out of that? Right. Cause mm-hmm. I haven't seen them in a while. So yeah. what's my response like? And that's, that was one of the, that was something that we, that I came up with. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I think that's great. And that's honest right, is that, you know, you haven't been in the workforce, you know, for quite some time, uh, you know, because of, you know, active addiction. Um, you have a substantial amount of sobriety under your belt and, you know, things have, you know. I don't know if I call it substantial, Barbaros, but yeah, I'm coming up on four months. Okay. So. Yeah. You know, past. Getting there. Yeah. What was it? A quarter of the, of the year? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, other, the other thing that you brought up too is like it depends you know how long how long might it take for me to open up to someone and because all it and is that a mistake right to open up to a coworker, right that's a good it's kind of a good you know that's good conversation there to have because I can totally see myself having two people there maybe that I become, you know, pretty friendly with. And then maybe I feel comfortable sharing something that I don't feel comfortable sharing right now. And then is that a mistake? You know, that's a good, that's something like to think about. And I I think like, like part of me just thinks that it would, however it's supposed to be, will just happen organically. Like if it's supposed to happen, then it'll just happen, me sharing. Um, well, but, at I mean, same time, but at the same time, I would probably still feel nervous after sharing it because I would probably take a step back and like, I'd probably leave work. Like when I, at the end of the day, I'd probably, you know, be thinking, huh, I wonder if maybe I shouldn't have shared that, you know, that's just, you know, me doubting myself and stuff too, you know, yeah. all those thoughts can play a role. No, I, I think it, it's a, it's a, it's a great kind of, you know, redirection from this kind of conversation, you know, that we're having, which I know, you know, a, a lot of people in recovery, you know, really struggle with is one, I, I, I see in so much, much of it, like too much privacy. So you never develop like healthy relationships with colleagues and coworkers or really being attached to like one or two coworkers very, very quickly. I mean, within, a few months and all of a sudden disclosing it and you finding out that they're actually better friends with somebody else. Now that information is onto them and, you know, stuff like addiction, recovery, mental illness, mental, mental health care uh, is still highly stigmatized and judgmental. And how do you navigate that? How do you, how, how can you actually assess someone's ability to respect your privacy uh, yeah. in a way that they're only going to hold on to and, and they're going to support you with that, right? And there, yeah. there's, 
there's a way so, of actually assessing it with a person. Uh, but I th- my encouragement to you would be, at least for this next academic year, is not to even broach that subject. Um, yeah. Building relationships and then if you are there at the school next year is really slowly lean, leaning into like some uh, smaller self-disclosure about, you know, your right. recovery or mental health status and seeing how that, you know, right. um, how the response that you get from them to really guide you. Like this is someone that I can trust or is trusting and I can right. go deeper with time. Right. So like I do have two, like I have, a couple situations there already where like um, I say already, but I kind of knew they were, they were going to be there. So like one, one person that works there is pretty friendly with one of my brothers. Like he worked with them at mm-hmm. another school like a few years back and they still keep in contact and stuff like pretty frequently. So I just don't know. And I haven't asked my brother or, but we've talked about this person, but not to the extent where I asked my brother, does he know, you know, because <laughs> I have some fear about asking that I, that, I guess, but so I have that. And I also have um, someone that um, actually worked at, Danvers with with me years ago Mm. that's a guidance counselor there and I think you were there too but maybe not and I'm not going to share the name or anything just you know I'm not going to do that but I can share with you maybe off record um and so I have that too because I think that person may know what's been going on with me too that I've been struggling because of her contacts with people and stuff but I'm not 100% sure either so I have those two things going on which I think they they both seem like adult enough where they wouldn't just share gossip like that you know share information like my personal information I just don't see these two people doing that but you never know you know so in the back of my mind Mm -hmm. you know would you ever preemptively kind of confront them and just being like hey you know you know i'm here you're here uh you know respect my privacy um i don't want like my personal stuff shared to anybody you know our our mutual co-workers just like in a very generic bland way but really explicitly i honestly i don't see myself doing that okay and i think that like i'm i'm confident enough as long as like as long as i go in there and do my job and am am clean then i feel like there's a very small to no chance that they'll share that information. But if I just don't show up for work randomly one day, they may share that, start sharing that information. But, and then I won't be going back anyways, because I'll be on the streets killing myself. So it'll be a not, it'll be a moot point at that time. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, even if that were to come, you know, it's none of their, you know, they're not the uh, you know town crier to you know yeah. share all this news right. you know to right. everybody. Like I said, they, they are, 
they're pretty, these two people are pretty mature people anyway. So I just, I'm kind of confident. I'm pretty confident that they just wouldn't. So, but like I said, like they, you never know. And my mind with, you know, my mind can just take off and go places anyways, even though it's like all imaginary. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, have, I just have to have that awareness, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I can. I, I would just encourage you, right? Is, you know, a part of your work is that this employment is feeding your recovery, and your recovery is feeding this em- employment. So mm-hmm. that can really help negate that kind of inner dialogue about the what ifs, the what ifs, what ifs, the what ifs never have to be entertained if you do the right yeah. thing, right? Yeah. And for you. You know those strategies. You know what it looks like and feels like. And as long yeah. as you keep on doing it each day, then these things, you know, potentially could never happen. And so there's no right. reason to kind of troubleshoot something, you know, based yeah. on something that may not ever happen. Versus, you know, what is in your control and what can yeah. you do and what do you need to do, you know, to to remain um, a member of you know society right in, in a positive and healthy way and you know I, i'm very very happy for you that this opportunity is there and we've talked about it on air and off air um you know what this means for you um what the potential it has for, for you uh, it's so exciting. It's so, when you say, yeah when you say it like that it is really exciting to look back at like our conversations two even two months ago i was bringing you know, this opportunity up to you and we were chatting about it. And like you're saying, like you started to say before I cut you off, you know, we were going over pros and cons and, and stuff. And, you know, it's, it's nice to look back at those conversations and see like the progress and where I'm at today. Cause like, I don't know, I don't always see the progress in myself and, you know, unless people like you, you know, friends like you point them up, point it out to me. So appreciate that. Well, I mean, a lot of this podcast is, you know, mostly your life <laughs> recorded. What? Really? Shut <laughs> up. Shut the fuck. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> you know what? I think I'm done here. <laughs> <laughs> you promised this podcast <laughs> is not recorded. I signed, a, I signed my own contract that I wrote out. <laughs> In your head. <laughs> I signed my own offer letter for this podcast. I, I made I, I typed it out and I, I gave it to myself. The contract said I was gonna be making a lot more and being a lot like you know, just have a lot more followers and stuff. <laughs> uh, a lot more a lot more of a lot more. And uh... <laughs> a lot yeah, my offer letter said I would have a lot more of everything. That's funny. Uh, no but you know like yeah absolutely i mean like your progress and again your willingness to kind of you know step up and and take stuff like this where again you know people in early recovery you know even with more time than you would take a look at this opportunity be like oh no it's high stress high expectation you know um uh you know that that comment that you made about um you know, not fitting in and, um, you know, all those kinds of, you know, things that kind of come along with like employment after periods of 
you know, addiction and, and recovery and treatment, um, you know, you, you know, you went head into it and you're like, no, this, this is something that could really benefit me, you know, across right. all spectrums. And one aspect of it is financial, but I think just the organization, the structure, it's a school system, you know, you're good with you know, young people. You've always been, you know, been relatable, you know, that way. Um, again, colleagues, coworkers, a structure, waking up at a certain time, um, mm. you know, right. so, so I, I think for you to take that kind of risk, honestly, um, is is really positive, and I and I hope you can uh, again give yourself a chance to you know show yourself that you know you can do it and you are worth it, and you, you you'll do a good job. Thank you. Yeah, I have faith in you, bro. Yeah, it's it's it is like it's a re- it's it's a real thing, like like all this, you know, ton of fear about like getting back into society, you know, it really is. It's not, it's not easy, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I will say as far as like jobs go, like, I know, like, I know, you know, you know, where, where, but like what my past jobs were, yeah. were like how stressful a lot of them were like, this is not, you know, this is, like stress free compared to all of that stuff, you know. So that's positive. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. They don't know. They don't know where I came from. Like for my history, work, you know. So what you know, you know, it's all relative to where people have been, you know. So yeah, I mean, you know, all jobs, all work has some degree of you know stressfulness too, yeah. but if you take a look at comparatively in terms of what other jobs expect and, you know, yeah. uh, so on. Um, I agree with you a hundred percent. And that, I think that's sometimes people are afraid to even change jobs because they don't think that kind of the grass is on the, you know, greener on the other side. And so there's kind of yeah. you know, in misery and certain high stress. And then it has yeah. long lasting effects on, you know, their health, their mental health, you know, substance use recovery, if that's a thing. Um, yeah. yep, so, I mean, very, very impactful. Yeah. So, right. So yeah, tomorrow's, tomorrow's a big day where the kids will be showing up for the first day of school. Mm. And so showtime tomorrow, <laughs> we've had two days, <laughs> we've had two days to prep, you know, and prepare for them walking in tomorrow and, you know, feels, you know, I'm excited about it. Excited for them. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, I, and again, I, I think the structure is really good for you. I mean, you know, the structure yeah. of like, you know, a, a school setting, an academic setting. Also, it has like breaks, right? Yeah. So it's not like like other employment, as you mentioned, like Monday through Friday, week after week. And, you know, again, praying for that next holiday to kind of roll around to get like a one. Yeah. You know. um, so, yeah, I think. Very, very yeah, the union, we had like union meeting the other day, right? Like teachers union meeting. And they're like, you do not work more than six hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> if you work more than that, you need to make sure you're going to be getting paid for it. Don't give them free labor. This is like the union telling us, you know, not to <laughs> give the school more than what, you know, what's contracted, right? Um, so like, I'm like, that's awesome. I'm like, I'm working from eight 30 to, you know, two forty five. you know, and 
I, I just walk out like basically no matter, you know, very, you know, as long as like, there's no emergency, like I'm, I'm leaving, you know, <laughs> and that's it for the day. Like there's no on call, like, you know, yeah. we've had in the past and there's yeah. no, you know, there's nothing after the school day. You just wait till the next day. <laughs> yeah. So, no, that's... that's a lot different than what I've been used to. So yeah, that's good. yeah, for sure. Right. You know, leaving work at work and you know, moving on with yeah. Yeah, like today, today was, today was a great day. Yeah, the past couple of days, like even though I've had to walk through a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. like they were great days. Today, I, you know, I went to work and they let us out. A lot of us got out at two fifteen. I went to walk the lake in Wakefield, so mm. I walked that. I know you're familiar with the with the area, especially that lake, right? So yep. I walked, I walked the lake there and then I went to my, my folks house and hung out there for a couple hours. Then I went to, um, Melrose young people's meeting, which is a very good meeting. And I saw someone, um, someone celebrate who, um, I've known for, I've known of for a while. I don't know them very well, but I, I've known of them and I've watched their recovery, you know, and their struggles and stuff. And, they were celebrating three years tonight. Hey. Yeah, I saw that. And the person shared like what um, <clears throat> I related to just about everything that this person was sharing. Right. And I wasn't expecting to. That's always like cool from cool mm. thing like for me. Nice. Like I sit down and I'm and I'm saying, uh, well, you know, I'm not going to relate to their share. You know, I'm kind of judgy about it before they even open their mouths. Because mm-hmm. I think I know them, but like person shared their story and I'm just like not in my head and like, I'm going, mm-hmm, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Just, I remember that same thing, you know, like totally relating. And the person also shared though about their eating disorder that they had with addiction too. Right. So they had the, you know, the, the combo there of eating disorder and drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Co-occurring, and, as we like to call it. And um, they had five years clean and had a relapse. And the person said that they're basically 100% sure that they had a relapse because they weren't treating the eating disorder at all. Like weren't like practicing any type of recovery for the eating disorder mm-hmm. and the eating disorder wasn't, you know, like the active eating disorder wasn't satisfying, you know, her, you know, her need basically. And she mm-hmm. ended up, the person ended up relapsing. A, yeah. And yeah, they went out for, I think they said seven years or something, you know, on and off in and out. Um, in this time, three years ago, they, they got a sponsor of that. And I never, I don't remember ever hearing anyone share, but like the share of us, but they got a sponsor of that, um, you know, took, took the person through the steps of addiction recovery, but also had some type of recovery, like practice of recovery for eating disorder. Mm. So the sponsor had experience with both and like, they, they emphasized the recovery piece for eating disorder, which I thought was really, mm. it was really like, it was really good to hear that share. Advanced. 
Yeah. It was powerful, Cher. And I just, it caught me off guard. So yeah. kind of fucked it up about it. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, well, thanks for sharing, you know, that. And um, yeah, it's, you know, almost top of the hour. So do if we want to transition. That's our extended play of the transition music to uh, the five controversies, the, the segment of the show where I throw out a couple of options uh, to Adam uh, to talk about, and he usually picks both of them, and then we just fight about it for an additional uh, few minutes. Now, Barbaros, if I do remember correctly, last week <laughs> I was begging you to get some help with coming up with controversies. I was begging. I, I think I like. I was. I was literally like on the gr- on the floor. I know you can't see me, but I was like on the ground, like. Rising pain. Yeah, it was tough. Uh, that one, those one. So, you know, you, last week there were like three that we did before, and they were shitty to begin mm-hmm. with, and they were just as shitty the second time around. You know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. So, yeah. uh, and then the other two that we didn't, that were new, they were just shitty, and hopefully we never have to go back like a second round to those, even those new ones that you came up with. Hopefully mm-hmm. we don't mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Thanks. All right. So yeah. uh, please play along at home or in your car, wherever you are listening to this podcast, uh, laugh along, debate along, be angry uh, with me towards Adam uh, on some of his responses. Um, and again, email us, contact us, and let us know uh, if you have, you know, if you debated some controversies. Uh, we'll definitely plug it in into uh, the sequence, and you'll eventually hear them. Uh, Robert, so- Robert, that's I feel like that's a lie a little bit because I've had people, I've had people suggest controversies through me, and you just put them down. You just say, "No, that's not a controversy." I'm like. My friend so and so has these three. No, those suck. Blah blah. blah. So, well, you know, there, 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 there's one further down the list. We're not going to get to it today. Probably like next episode uh, with our guests to kind of play along. Um, yeah. But uh, it was something that uh, someone did write in ask about uh, okay. you know, to putting this in. So a controversy, in my definition of, is two things that generally that we've either done or experienced and now you have very passionate response to either picking one or the other sometimes neither but the fun part is picking one or another and having that kind of camp set up uh for yourself and 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 like-minded individuals all right so first one out of the gate tonight is uh socks with sandals or absolutely no You're gonna fucking kill me. You're gonna fucking kill me. You're saying I'm both. If I'm in, if I'm in the house, I have no problem socks with sandals. If I'm outside of my home, <laughs> I have a major problem with it, and I will not be caught in society with socks and sandals. So <laughs> bare feet with sandals, how they should be worn. But inside the home, I don't see it's a big deal where it's hidden from others. <laughs> As a private area behind closed doors. Where the style choice is hidden, you know? (laughs) 
Um, I think you'll find it interesting and you probably will see this um, in, in, in your current employment with young people really embracing, if not yeah. exploiting socks and sandals, mostly slides and not flip flops, uh, even for men and women. Um, I think it's a kind of interesting play. Uh, nonetheless, uh, I've done the socks with sandals. I've done the no sandals today in home, Adam, or outside of home, socks and sandals do not go together. Right. Yeah. So you can't for me, I'm a heck no camp. I just don't. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get that style choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not not a good one for you know. Um, yeah, and probably aging ourselves too. So that demographic, yeah. those like late teens, early twenties, people are like. Well, like I can totally see myself like talking shit to the students at the school for doing that. But part of our like one of the trainings was like telling us to stay away from sarcasm and like talking shit like that to them. So yeah. maybe I'll sucks. maybe I'll hold back. Yeah, yeah. At least you know, wait for day two, then to yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Right. I think I think this one is powerful. I think you may have made some references to one of these things, maybe in past episodes. But um, sometimes these camps have aligned with each other. Uh, there is a passionate group for, I believe, both. And so I, I know, I, I know today, uh, in in my current age, I'm very passionate about one or the other. So, Friends, the TV show, versus Seinfeld. Now, do we have this one before, or we just have talked about it a lot? I think we've I, talked about it, or like referenced like Seinfeld. Yeah. I think like phrases. Yep. So I'm Seinfeld. No, like that's a no brainer for me. Mm-hmm. Seinfeld all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got into friends about four rehabs ago, <laughs> like in <laughs> rehab. Okay. So like back in the day, when friends, yeah, it was part of my, my treatment plan was to laugh. And so someone recommended the, you know, friends. So <clears throat> I've, I watched it here and like very sporadically when they were, when the show was, you know, running years ago. And yeah, I just um, I never really truly got into it, and I watched probably all of the seasons in rehab about four rehabs ago, and I think it's I think it's very good. Okay, I think it's a very good show. I think Seinfeld is amazing, amazingly edifying and gratifying, and all the eyings, you know. <laughs> just think it's. It's something that I can really get up for like any moment of every day. Yeah. I can watch a clip of Seinfeld. I'm scrolling through Instagram reels and, you know, you have the mini short videos of Seinfeld, you know, little, little skits. And I'll just, I'll just watch that shit forever. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just, just a little, you know, background. I've definitely watched both. I think, you know, they were both on NBC and I think they almost like were like back to back or like in the same like night maybe, potentially. So I've definitely watched a bunch of, you know, friends. Um, but today, Thursday, night. Thursday nights for a while, Seinfeld. Yeah, 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 whatever. Uh, so many years ago. Um, 
But again, if I were to pick one or the other to frequent, especially, you know, since obviously, you know, both of them are reruns, I would not sit down at all for maybe more than like 30 seconds to watch Friends. But I will, I still have, even last week, watched a full episode of Seinfeld. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Um, I don't know what it is about it, but yeah, I, I'm more prone to kind of, you know, sign. Well, I, I think we do know what it is about it. I think we do know. What is it? What's your what's your guess? Um, it's the show about nothing, Bob Rose. And the nothing is an ex- an exaggeration of our real lives as humans. So they take real life situations and exaggerate it a little bit to make it funny. And so everyone can relate to it because, you know, you can relate to, you know, an episode, like every single episode you can relate into a certain extent. You can relate almost not, not to a certain extent. You can relate to it and then they make it funny. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's been said before too. So you're minimizing my point there. I, I hear it in your tone. Yeah. Because Seinfeld <clears throat> was a purpose on the show when Seinfeld and George tried to pitch Seinfeld to a station, there's yeah. where yeah. it was this yeah. show about nothing, but the actual Seinfeld show was about something. And what would you say it was about? Um, four people and their relationship. Do you remember what Larry said? Do you remember what he said it's about? Huh? Huh? No, I don't remember. It's about real life situations and, and putting a, a funny spin on everything. Okay, so that's not about nothing. It's about a comedian, Seinfeld, and his interactions with friends. And- I just, whatever. I just threw that phrase in there because, you know, it's a well-known phrase. And I thought people might, you know, like it that I said that. So uh, fuck you. Oh. I don't <laughs> if, if people comment on this episode on Spotify, that you'll know that you, you're on something. I'm going to disagree with that, and that's that. <laughs> All right, next one. Um, this is not conducive to people in early recovery or recovery in general. By wrote it down many times. Is this a disclaimer? Huh? Is this a disclaimer? It is a disclaimer, absolutely. I'm neither condoning or promoting or discouraging, um, you know, this thing. But I think it is two things that most people I've experienced and see commonly, and one might be more passionate than another. But um, so here it is: Mega Millions versus Powerball. Yeah. This isn't a controversy for me because I, I hate gambling. Mm-hmm. Many people are there with the only, you. The only, one, the only ones that I remember doing, and I did one kind of recently, actually. <laughs> I did Mega Millions. And it was only because a friend of mine said, you should do Mega Millions tonight. It's up to such and such. And, you know, they were putting the bug in my ear a little bit. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? do it wouldn't that be nice to win bazillion dollars or whatever you know mm-hmm. living in fantasy world and i bought a mega millions ticket but I, i'm just not a, i'm not a gambler so it's a bad question for me i would just pick mega millions because i think that's the only one i've ever done and i've probably done it a total of like five times in my life 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it's just not a good controversy to have with me. Okay. I'm just, I mean, I'm sure you don't know that going in with that one. So I got it. I know. So hence Take the controversy. I, I, didn't, I didn't really screen these questions with you. No, ahead. no, you never do, which is fine. That's part it's of great, the, actually. <laughs> if, you, if you screened them, you'd have nothing. We wouldn't even have a show. <laughs> um like I, growing up in mass i remember like the excitement like the people that i knew um who would like do the lottery ticket thing like every now and again like oh like powerball is coming and so like for me like there's this like false pretense like powerball like accrues more money like faster because it's maybe like more states and again i don't know i haven't fact check any of this but like if i see the i'm reading these two words on my screen and powerball jumps out more to me than mega billion so if i were to do one i would probably spend more money on powerball than i would with mega millions very very interesting yeah yeah all right so fourth one on the list tonight um burrito Versus burrito bowl. You're gonna fucking hate me. I'm just chalk it up to the five million thing that I despise about you. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, just I, I guess our audience. What I was gonna say was, if I'm eating healthy, I go bowl. If I'm, if I don't give a shit. Of what's going in me, then I'm going burrito. But give you know, if it's life or death, <laughs> back to life or death, I guess, right? And that's a theme in this in this episode. If I'm going life or death, you have to pick one. I'm going burrito. Mm-hmm. All right. yeah. I, I don't think you will do burrito because it's too messy or something. Wow, so judgy tonight. That's what I'm that's what I'm guessing. You're very judgy, and you're very wrong, which is oh, two truths right. that happen in this episode, <laughs> these, these, this podcast, often. Um, <laughs> I am so passionate about burritos. <laughs> I have probably have never in my entire life ordered a burrito bowl. Mm. Now, here's the theory. I love the fact that burritos come in a package that you can also eat. And so once the package is done, everything is gone. Like I mean, the, the wrapper and everything like that. But like everything is gone. No bowl to clean up. No yeah. utensil to to discard. Burrito, yeah. you hold it in your hand. You chomp away. It disappears. You feel great. It's delicious. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Love, good. love the yeah. burrito. Like, Never you know went the burrito bowl. Yeah, I mean, I. I'm pretty sure I've seen you eat a burrito before, too, for some reason. So, yeah, okay. All right, yeah. yeah. No, uh, I, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm, I'm just, um, I'm thinking back to, to thinking about your burrito eating. And, yeah, you, you, you love burritos. You're right. Yeah. Actually, in my, in my uh, Danvers days, I uh, made friends with uh, a clinician, Nicole, who worked on the methadone side of things. And so her, I, and a few other co-workers, I think this is the time that you, I think after you had left, um, like we would do 
um, Chipotle uh, at least like once a week, usually on like a Friday to like really splurge or whatnot. And so we would like truck it over to, I think, the closest um, burrito. And, and then these four people would just watch me inhale this massive burrito in like under a minute. They're like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, it tastes so good. Why would I wait? It sounds like what you're describing is you took over as being fun guy after mm-hmm. I left. Over there. Over. I, I came in fun and I ended fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, last one. Uh, it got fairly heated. We haven't really saw in the news, but I think people are really passionate one way or another. Uh, very few people are kind of on the fence, which probably you are. Um, are UFO, UFOs real or they're not real? Oh, spicy one. <laughs> spicy burrito <laughs> shut up yeah you're gonna are you gonna eat a burrito tonight <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 10 o'clock not tonight maybe tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> oh man um i'm going with say it again say it again are ufos real or not real yeah ufos are <laughs> ufos are real Okay. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, excuse me. That's a a nice uh, smoker's uh, cough you got going on there. Uh, It's a vape cough. Um, (laughs) Excuse me. Um, You had me you had me laughing too while I was inhaling vape. (laughs) So that was part of the issue there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so to get down to it, I believe at that congressional hearing what those men were saying. <laughs> okay. Adam bases all his facts on congressional hearings. If you want to get down to it, I believe what those fine men were saying. Okay. These guys who are, besides one of them being in and out of a psych hospital, Besides that, it doesn't even matter that they're trying to, you know, they're trying to say he's not that part because of that, you know, he's been had mental Ill, illness, that he's not reliable. The guy is a stand up guy in his job. Like he has a re- he has a positive reputation prior to them revealing confidential information about his his mental health, you know, just mm-hmm. bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, like people had high respect for that guy and the two others that were on that panel, um, very ex- um, distinguished, you know, individuals that were sharing what they what they witnessed, and they're saying that there's UFOs. I'm buying it. Okay. All right. All right. Um, I, I, I'm going to go against you. Um, I truly want to believe that UFOs exist and aliens exist. Um, I'm going to need hardcore information. I'm going to need... Uh, a, what do you mean? They gave you, diam- they gave you measurements. Like some no, measurements. No, no, on, no. Um, so when I say facts, I mean a UFO material sent to you. Put out publicly and allow the public to observe it. You know, like a statue. 
like the Mona Lisa. Um, put it out there. Uh, and then the little creatures who operate these machinery, uh, if you got one of them in the, in, in the back room, bring that fucker out and let's t- take a look at uh, what they got going on. Uh, until that happens, I- I'm going to go not real. I think it allows people to kind of play fantasy a little bit about the universe and blah, blah, blah. Um, kind of like breaks up life monotony, I think. But um, yeah, I'm going to go not real. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. So, so h- how were these controversies to your liking? Were you satisfied? They were. They were much better than last week's. I'll give you that. Yeah. Thanks, Still, bro. they're pretty shitty, but just much better than last week's. I love you. I love you. <laughs> so that is the show, folks. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, please provide us, you know, feedback uh, if you so desire. We greatly appreciate people from other parts of the world listening to our show, other parts of the United States that people are listening to the show. Uh, you can find the Attic and the Counselor podcast on all podcast platforms, specifically on Spotify, where you can comment on each episode. Um, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music Podcast, and you can always email us at the attic and the counselor at gmail.com uh, with any comments, questions, concerns. And uh, if there's a topic that you want us to cover, we'll definitely go into it as much as we can, uh, you know, to the best of our experience and knowledge. And also, you always forget to throw in the pitch for this, but um, for our Spotify users, please feel free to comment in the comment section mm-hmm. about what, what your thoughts were on our episode. So. Yeah. 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 Please, please do um, tell your friends, tell your family, uh, listen. Uh, and next, next week we're going to have a, a, a guest come on. So hopefully, you know, folks mm-hmm. are that and hearing a different kind of perspective, different kind of world. Is it Chris again? Is it Chris? No, uh, Chris is not making a, a turnaround this quickly, but he'll definitely be back on in, in sometime in the future. All right. All right. So episode 24. 24 in the books. In the book. That's it. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Peace. Bye. Bye.